You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Monday in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. Hope your week got off to a great start today. Charlie, do you have Monday staff meetings? Do y'all have Monday staff meetings here? No, absolutely not. You don't? Okay. Just about everywhere, everywhere I know of has the Monday staff meetings. Nothing worse than having a staff meeting where you have somebody in there that's the negative person. We have positive staff meetings on Monday. Are we about to have a negative Monday meeting here? Well, I'm just trying to break it to you real quick. Is that what we're going to call this, the Monday staff meeting? <laughs> it could be, the Monday review, Monday roundup. All right, hey, we got together on Sunday. We were feeling quite great about ourselves. Complete 180 from last week where we felt bad on Sunday coffee. We came in here, and I was ready to book rooms for Omaha last Monday. This weekend, we played great the first two days. We were great on Sunday coffee, and now we come back in here, and they're like, oh, man, we got all kind of questions about this year's team. And so let's look back at yesterday. You and I did not have the call. We had the opportunity of watching from the stands, from the outfield, you in your place, me in mine. And uh, all right, Charlie, you're in right field. I'm in left field. What was your observations from right field? The sun shines bright in right field. But I did, as I said I would do Sunday morning. I put a lot of sunscreen on, survived it. But sun just takes a lot out of you this time of year. So my observations were, one, I got a little hot. Two, the sun was bright. And three, well, it just feels like a lot of our weekends where I can find the goods and I can find the bads, and we just seem to still be missing consistency. I think that's the team. This is one of those teams that after two games you feel good, add one more, not so good. I don't know. We, we have questions. You know, I felt good going into the after the first inning. We scored a run in the first inning. Alabama gets a run right back in the second inning. It was a leadoff walk. And you look back at yesterday, the, the positives were we jumped on the board early. The negatives is we gave up some leadoff walks again. And, and Charlie, just looking at how everything kind of set up, and I, talk, I listened to Chris Lamontis in the postgame show yesterday after the game, and he said, you know, after Friday and Saturday and getting in Alabama's bullpen on Friday and Saturday, we felt like we had the advantage – going into the Sunday game because Alabama did not have a whole lot of pitching left, and they were able to get nine innings out of two guys yesterday. If there was an advantage that Alabama had in their pitching staff, I thought that it was they had a starter. They had John just kind of held back there so that he could give them some distance if they needed on the backside. But, look, Alabama's starting pitching kept them in it all weekend. Our starting pitching kept us in it all weekend. And the story, it seemed to me, of all the games – was what happened on the back end. Yeah, bullpen for both teams this weekend. Yeah, I know we had a couple walk-offs, but you know, the bullpen had its difficulties in the Friday game. Saturday game was better for us in the bullpen, um, but then the uh, then the Sunday game, well, I, I say better on the Saturday game. You know, you gave up four runs and three and a third of work on the backside on Saturday. And so we gave up runs in the bullpen. Starting pitching-wise this weekend, you look back at Friday – we talked about Preston Johnson going six innings, giving up three runs on five hits, and then Parker Stadette giving up three runs on five hits in the Saturday game. 
And then you looked at yesterday, three runs on six hits and six innings. And so you, you look at the three starts, you essentially got the same exact start out of three different guys, Preston Johnson, Parker Stinnett, then Cade Smith. And I think you'd have to say, considering that your starting pitching rotation has changed a lot since opening day, a lot through circumstance, you've plugged those holes. But in plugging those, you created some others. Because how do you feel if you've got Preston Johnson in the bullpen? How do you feel, I don't know if you feel better or not with Parker Stinnett in the bullpen now that I think about it, but how do you feel if Casey Hunt's out there? And look, this is one of those things. I was listening to somebody in the stands yesterday, and they were giving it the old, let's put somebody else in. Who? I mean, we're using everybody we have healthy right now. I mean, the only guy he really didn't use was playing Forsyth. Yeah, very different mode of attack this year than it was last year. You think back to the A&M series last year when we swept A&M and our starters only went 11 total innings out of the 27 the entire weekend. This weekend, you had starting pitching that gets you know, 17 and two-thirds. So you, you had six innings out of you know, two starters, your Friday and your Sunday guy, five and two-thirds on Saturday. And so the starting pitching has been good enough to win. And then you get in the bullpen, and we've had our difficulties in the bullpen. Do you think, looking back at yesterday, of course Alabama scored four runs or three runs in the top of the ninth inning to make a 3-2 to two game, a 6-2 to two game. Auger had gone two and a third. He walked the leadoff man, got the pop-out bunt, and then we try to go left on left with Cam Tuller. Cam gives up a couple hits, a third of an inning, and then Fristo gives up a hit, and that scores another run. Yeah, just probably looking back, you you probably say, I know we're going matchups right there, guys that have good splits. You know, you've got guys, left-handed hitters for Alabama hitting 100 points less against left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching, and so you go by the numbers there. But uh, but Auger was actually pitching okay. Had given up three walks and two strikeouts and had yet to give up a hit. But State goes to Cam Tuller, and that's probably one of those you look back on and they look back on and say, maybe you keep Auger in there. The only thing I don't know is what condition Auger was in. He was tapping 40 pitches yesterday. He had thrown 39. His previous long in a ball game was 24 against Georgia. So, look, I'm not to suggest that 39 is an overwhelming amount, but I don't know whether they kind of view him as a sprinter if, if he basically given you all he had in the two and a third that he went, or if he had a little more in the tank. If he had a little more in the tank, then you'd say, eh, wouldn't mind doing that one over. Well, if, if Seidel or Jarvis runs a one out against Auger, you're sitting there saying, why didn't you bring somebody else in? I mean, that's the thing about the game. So we win two out of three. Alabama salvages a game six to two yesterday. And, of course, uh, we're in our Farm Bureau studios. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. We've talked about all the time. Agents in all the counties across the state of Mississippi and how great their customer service is. And so go with the home team at Farm Bureau as we are in the Farm Bureau studios. And so looking back at this from a macro standpoint, Charlie, just at 10,000 feet, here's the thing that really stands out to me. And if you're looking for anything negative whatsoever, and I'm trying not to be you know, glass half empty Bart today. But you're three and three after two weekends. And to be quite honest with you, Georgia and Alabama, I don't think are going to be top tier teams in the league. And so you're looking at yourself at three and three in the league. And whether you let yesterday get away from you or last Saturday at Georgia get away from you, man, you just after I think we're gonna look back four or five weeks from now and say, Man, we probably should have been four and two at least after two weekends. 
certainly needed to be. It depends on how you want to look at things, right? You can go back and say, hey, we were 2-4 and four after two weeks last year. Different six games you were playing than what we've played. I, I think you've probably seen about as easy as it's going to get. Don't you think? I mean, is there a – I mean, there are some teams out there that aren't that great, but these were two of the easier weekends you're going to have in SEC play. Yeah, last year we had one, two out of three in Baton Rouge, and then we were swept at home by Arkansas, and then we got to week three. And I guess, you know, I want to look at a comparison. You know, we talked to Ben McDonald a few weeks ago about when do you feel like you kind of know your team. And he says, hey, you may not know your team until the second weekend of SEC play. Well, that's where we are. And so I think it's time now for a report card grade, how we look, you know, after the first nine weeks test is how we're looking right now after that first two SEC weekends. You know, looking back overall on the weekend, and, Charlie, I was looking at this. I was just trying to, you know, look through the league and see how teams are hitting right now and how many different guys on our team are batting over 300. And I'm going to throw out, you know, if you look at the stats and a guy's played five games and he has seven hits and, you know, 15 at-bats, I'm not taking taking those into account at all. But looking around the SEC right now, all right, we've got three guys batting over 300. Brad Cumbus is our leading hitter batting 333. But you know what? I got the looking through. There are six teams in the SEC that have three guys batting over 300. There's only two teams with four players batting over 300. There are three teams with five guys batting at least 300. And then Tennessee and LSU have six guys batting over 300 on the season. You're not going to count Jess Davis. You don't think he's got enough at bats? No, I'm not counting Jess Davis. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's just he, seven starts. So just seven starts. Tough. I'm not counting that yet. And so you start looking through there, and out of those players, LSU has six players batting over 300. Their leading hitter batting 366. Tennessee's leading hitter batting 403. And you start looking through the batting averages. Cumbus batting 333 is the lowest batting average for a team leader in the SEC. He's the lowest highest. He's the lowest highest. So what does that all tell you? Is we don't have anybody hot. Well, we certainly don't have anybody who started off kind of out of their minds. And one of the guys I want to watch because, you know, you always go back and say, could we have done more in the transfer portal than we did? One of the guys that kind of got away was Sonny Deshara. Deshara came here, played last year, first baseman, was at Sanford, now is at Auburn. Deshara is hitting what, like 460 something? 452. 452. And, you know, what would a Sonny Deshara be doing right now? But on the other hand, is he just starting off hot? Is he a guy who here we look up in a month and he'll be hitting 280? Right now, you're still at apples and oranges because not everybody played the same non-conference schedule. But the deeper you go, the more it ties together. Right. So it's it's interesting because I was listening to people yesterday and I was having a number of conversations. And the thing that kept talking about, man, we don't hit enough. We don't hit enough. You and I both have kind of done a little bit of peeking at where we were last year. And I thought this was pretty interesting. I tell you what, and I'm I'm glad we kind of got together earlier today and threw this together as far as, hey, let's take a look at where we were this time last year. Because this time last year is when we kind of had our sit down on Sunday coffee after we had lost two games to Arkansas and said, all right, hey, there's a big gap between where Arkansas is at number one in the country and where we are right now. A lot like probably, I would guess, the conversations that are taking place in Oxford right now. At Ole Miss, they thought they had a pretty good team. I still think they've got a pretty good team. Yes. 
But right now they can sit down and say, kind of like we did in Arkansas last year, guys, we just saw the best in the league and we saw us. And there's a gap to be covered there. They saw Tennessee and there's a gap. <laughs> it's a big one too. Tennessee's really good. And on that point too, Charlie, you know, if, if you're poking fun at our brethren to the north right now. Let's play them first. Yeah, probably need to wait till you play them before you talk trash. I still think their lineup's good enough that they're going to they're going to hit. I think they're going to be a, a team to be factored in before it's all said and done. But let's see. But looking at the stats from last year, the thing that stood out to me, Charlie, is how we're not far off at all. And, hey, we're actually better offensively right now just in just about every single category than we were last year right so, now. Yeah, so let me give you one that jumps right out at me. Your highest batting average right now, 333. Last year you only had one guy hitting over 300, and that was Tanner Allen. You know what he was hitting? 326. We actually have two guys right now at this point in the season, incumbent and James and nearly Hunter Hines, hitting for better averages than Tanner Allen was at this point last year. So you say, man, he can get a lot better. Rowdy Jordan, by the way, was hitting 233 at this point of the year. But but we all knew that Rowdy was coming. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but And that's I think that's the thing. I don't know who's coming on. You don't know. You hope it's Luke Hancock maybe. Yeah, and so, you know, Hancock right now compared to last year, he's hitting a little bit lower than he was this time last year. But he had hit six home runs at this time last year. He was hitting for more power at this time last year. What, he had hit six, he's hit two this year. Is that right? Yeah, just two. And so this weekend, you know, Luke, yeah, he walked some and his his eye at the plate, and we talk about that kind of at nauseum. But he was just two for 11 this weekend. He hit 182. I mean, our best batting average this weekend was R.J. Yeager. He went four for 13, batting 308. We had three guys who had four hits on the weekend. Cumbus went four for 14. That's 286. Cameron James went four for 15. That's 267. Hines, Logan Tanner went three for 10. Kellum Clark went three for 13, batting 231. So, anyway, that's just kind of how the weekend went. But looking at the overall stats. All right, so let's go through a couple of these because – now, look, we weren't happy this time last year, so I'm not saying the numbers we're comparing to or where you want them to be. But just give me one. And you know the home one run. that's going to – Home run. All right, this is amazing. Last year at this point we had 21 home runs. Right now we have 41. We thought we'd hit more. I didn't think it would be twice as many. What about batting average? We're eight points higher than we were a year ago. We're at 278, which isn't great. We were at 270 this time last year. What about runs? Runs per game. Where are we are in total runs right now. So last year at this point we'd scored two oh two, one sixty two last year. Two oh two to one so forty runs more. Okay, here's the one I really want to know. And I haven't looked at this. Strikeouts. I mean any other number that you would like <laughs> to look at. Stolen bases. <laughs> no. So yeah, you just hit on the one that's different. Strikeouts really jumps out. We had struck out hundred and fifty three this time last year. We're at two oh two. So we're we're a third higher. So we have 50 more strikeouts this year compared to last year. Okay. And stolen bases, by the way, are way down. So we were 30 of 38 at this point last year, 16 of 21 right now. So we're hitting more long balls. We're actually fielding it a little better. If you look at the batting stats, overall, how about this, slugging percentage? We're at 478 this year. We were at 408 this time last year. On base percentage is 11 points higher. So any basically anything other than strikeouts and stolen bases, 
we're heading into way fewer double plays. So, I mean, you go through the list. We are better. Now, don't compare these to the end-of-season numbers because our end-of-season, you know, we got hot. Right, we got hot really at this time last year. We started out, what, two and four in the league, and we won a bunch in a row. We, we started week three against Kentucky, swept that series. We had a sweep in there against Auburn. We had two out of three against Ole Miss in there. And so over the next three weeks, weeks three, four, five last year is when we got hot. Okay, so – the thing I want to bring up is about the strikeouts. And that was one of the big stats we talked about last year about we struck out so many batters from a pitching standpoint, but we didn't strike out a whole lot. So what does that tell you is those are dead at bats, all right? Last year you think to yourself the batting average may be lower, but how many times do we move a guy from first to second or second to third on a ground ball or, you know, a fly ball to the outfield, a guy goes from second to third. Strikeouts, you don't get those numbers where you're moving guys around. So what does that mean? It means you're essentially having to get one or two more hits per game to get the same run output that you had last year. Am I wrong for saying that? No, in fact, because last year, if you looked at the offensive numbers, we were basically fourth or fifth in the league in everything except fewest strikeouts, number of times moving runners with an out, and number of times scoring runners from third base with less than two outs. That's where we made our living last year, was on the offensive side, getting guys on base, moving them around, getting them home with outs. You know, here's a stat I want to look at, and we'd have to really go in and need our intern for this, is how many times we struck out last year with a runner at third and less than two outs. Because to me, that's the damaging play right there, striking out with a runner at third and less than two. I'd like to know the kind of the comparison last year compared to right now on that stat. Now, here's the thing, too, you also have to look at, all right? Not every ball club's the same. So we see this team, and we're like, man, we can be frustrating at times. We're 15 and 10. Last year at this time, we were 17 and 7. We had a washout in a non-conference game, and so you got one game discrepancy there. But – we need to score more runs this year because the pitching staff hasn't been as good. I was going to say, do you want the bad news? Well, that's what I was about to say. So you now all of a sudden it's flipped the page. Because overall you're sitting there saying, man, we're just not scoring any runs. Our run production is not very good. And, and it has not been in some games this year. But the thing that really jumps out at you is just the pitching statistics from last year compared to this year. It's pretty staggering. So exiting week two in the SEC last year, we had allowed – 71 earned runs. Right now we're at 118. So our ERA has gone from under three to scaring five. 2.97 to 4.86. We um, were just letting a lot of guys come across home plate, unfortunately. Last year at this time we had used 23 pitchers. We've used 15 so far this year. Okay, so another stat, when you start looking at, at strikeouts last year compared to this year, the, the strikeout numbers are not vastly different last year or this year, but how many chances are there in the field? We talked about our fielding percentage being better. What about chances in the field? How, many, how much more pressure are we putting on our defense this year compared to this time last year? Well, if it's much, it's not significant. In fact, we've got half as many errors as we did this time last year. Wow. Yeah, we've committed 12 errors so far this year. We had committed 25 at this point last year. So our defense isn't necessarily letting us down. Hey, you can pencil whip all you want out of an official score scorebook, but that's that's a lot right there. Yeah, that's outside the 
the margin of error, right? I mean, that's that's noticeable. So we're fielding it fine. We're just look, we're getting hit. I mean, we're just we're just getting hit. What about home runs we've given up this year compared to this time last year? I can go down this road all day long. Right in line. That's the other thing. So last year we were at 21. Now we're at 22. You say, well, what about walks? Not significant. We were at 85 last year. You're at 100 this year. I mean, so it's a little bit different. But here's where you notice it. Doubles. We have allowed 50 this year, 27 last. Yeah. Triples, four this year, two this time last. Now, here's the one. Here, here we go. Opponent batting average. Last year at this point, our opponents were hitting 190 against us. Right now they're hitting 243. Wow. So, I mean, we can get lost in all the numbers and go back, but I think here is ultimately the bottom line. Relative to our opponents this year, relative to the rest of the league, we're not hitting it well enough. It's not disastrous. It's not unmovable. We can get better. I think you have seen these teams historically hit better as they go. But right now our pitching is struggling. And I think the best you can say about anybody is they've been pretty good. We haven't had anybody be dominant. But they've been pretty good. Right. And But the thing that I think that we're missing right now, and you hope that this person emerges. Last year you knew Rowdy could do more. You knew Tanner Allen could do more. And, in fact, they did do more. Now we got to have some guys do some more, and then the question becomes, who's that going to be? Is Logan Tanner going to hit a little better? Is Luke Hancock going to hit a little better? Is is somebody going to get some confidence down in the bullpen? Are we going to get KC Hunt back? That, I mean, all of a sudden that kind of changes things. Hey, you bring up the point. KC Hunt comes back. Does he come back in the bullpen? Uh, he just has to, doesn't he? Because I, mean, I don't see sentence to net back down there. I don't think so because he's he's shown you he's better as a starter. But, but that does give you a little bit more, you know, ability on that back end, too. And Preston Johnson's done nothing to lose his spot. No. He's Kate kept Smith, games. Kate I like, Smith hadn't. No. Well, anyway, um, that's kind of where we are between right now and this time last year. And last year at the same time. And so uh, it's time now for our Player of the Weekend, brought to you by Heartland Catfish. Heartland producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish in the world. And that's the, speaking of that, I mean, there's a lot of imported catfish out there, and you just can't get any better than U.S. farm-raised catfish. And we do it right here in the state of Mississippi, starting with our good friends over at Heartland. And they service great restaurants like the Shrimp Basket. The Shrimp Basket, family-friendly locations throughout the southeast, in Alabama and south Mississippi, in the Florida Panhandle. But you just can't go wrong with the folks at the Shrimp Basket. I know you, you go there sometimes for the shrimp, but the fish is great too. And so you kind of got to give it up to a, a group of restaurants that also serve U.S. farm-raised catfish and the Shrimp Basket. Go to the shrimpbasket.com to see the locations throughout Alabama, south Mississippi, and the Florida Panhandle. And once again, at the Shrimp Basket, they're serving our great Heartland Catfish. Charlie, player of the weekend, who you got? You got to go R.J. Yeager, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Legend hits, had the big Friday night game. I think that's where I'm going. And I think the thing you talk about guys who are giving you more and can keep giving you more, R.J. Yeager has really stepped up his play over the past couple of weeks. You know, I, I say R.J. Yeager, and then you could also throw in an honorable mention for Logan Tanner, I think. In that game on Friday, he went 0 for 2, but he had three walks. He had two walks that really extended innings late, 
kept the game alive for Hunter Hines in the ninth inning for the home run. And then Logan goes three for ten, hits the game-tying home run in the game on Saturday. And so, But I agree with you, R.J. Yeager with a walk-off winner in the game on Friday. And then uh, Logan Tanner, our honorable mention this weekend, and that's our Heartland Catfish Player of the Weekend. All right, Charlie. Who's your pitcher of the weekend? And this is brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, located right here in the state of Mississippi, the best sausage you can possibly find, made right in Florence, Mississippi, on Highway 49 at Country Meat Packers, Country Pleasing Sausage, and the Country Pleasing Pitcher of the Weekend. Man, I'm stuck because I've got three starting pitchers that all basically did the same thing. If you look at it, on Sunday, the ball game yesterday, Cade Smith went six innings, allowed three earned runs. Go back to the Saturday game. Parker Stinnett goes five and two-thirds, allows three earned runs. Go to the Friday game. Preston Johnson goes six innings, allows three earned runs. And what's crazy about all three situations is all three, when they left the game, they left with a deficit. We were down. In each of those three starts, you look at Preston Johnson on Friday night, he gave up a three spot in the fourth inning, and we were down three to one when he came out of the game. Then you look at Parker Stinnett, he gave up three runs in the top of the sixth inning, and he came out, and we were down three to two. And then Cade Smith in the Sunday game gives up a run in the second, a run in the fourth, a run in the sixth, and when he comes out, we're down three to one. So we talk about the bullpen, but their bullpen had the wins this weekend. Now, a lot of that was because of what we did at the plate, of course, in the comebacks. So if we had to pick somebody to give it to, maybe go Brooks Auger. He went three and a third on the weekend, allowed just one earned run, pitched pretty well in relief, kept you in the ball games. After all, he was the guy that you're saying maybe we shouldn't have pulled on Sunday. And Auger pitched the 10th inning in the Friday game too. So how about we go with Auger Brooks with Auger. honorable mention – to our three starters. That'll be fine. So, yeah, we got the four pitchers of the week this week brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing. Well, we got a first stringer and then the three tied for second place. So, let me ask you this question. If I told you right now that for the rest of the year, every start you have on the mound is going to go six innings and give up three runs. I take it right now. Every game. I take I, it. If I tell you if it's Grambling or if it's Arkansas or if it's Tennessee – Every single game, you're going to have a starter give up three runs, but he's going six innings. I got to take it. I mean, because basically that's pitching you to an ERA of four and a half. 4.5. What it means is, can I score on average more than five runs a ball game? Or five runs, for that matter. Five does it, right? I tell you I what, take I take that. it. I take it two out of three. Yeah, you don't want it on Friday. I don't want it on that, Friday. You can't change the hypothetical. Well, I know. Well, can I change which Friday night? You know, it's fine to give up three runs on, you know, Three runs and six innings against Missouri, you would hope. Because you would hope, of course, you would have hoped that you'd have got to Alabama starting pitching on Sunday. Anyway, yeah, I'll take it. All right, Charlie. Hey, enjoyed it as always. Once again, thanks to our great friends at Bank First. Bank First, a better way to bank. Locations throughout Mississippi and Alabama. Growing bank for your business loans, for commercial lending, for mortgage loans, mortgage refinance. Go by and see our great friends at bankfirstfs.com. All right, last thing real quick. You and I were excited on Sunday. We used to ask ourselves this when we did the old Bundy cool-down show. Do you feel better or worse as you sit here today? I think I'm going to go ahead and answer the question. I feel neither 
I feel just perplexed. I'm perplexed by this team. Last week, you told me that I was a volatile individual, and I was very emotional of how this team played, and I was so positive on Monday, and you was like, let me tell you, you need to kind of crank it down a little bit. And today, I think you need to, you know, crank me up a little bit because I'm kind of feeling negative today. Well, I got look. If you ride the waves with this team, you're going to be in trouble. I Absolutely, think you're just going to have one of those years. And I think we got to go back to this. Hey, I want to make one other point because I, I looked at something, but I got to go back to this, right? You don't have Landon Sims. You don't have Stone Simmons. That is a big thing to overcome, and you're trying to fight through that. I had somebody say to me yesterday. We'd be in better shape if we hadn't let all those pitchers transfer out of here. Have you heard any of those type comments? Well, you know, I, I had somebody send me a text when we played Georgia and Davis Rokos was going to pitch against us, and somebody's like, oh, we could have used another left-handed pitcher. But then I look at Rokos' stats, and it hadn't been very good. So he not, actually, not to knock the Rokos family, which I think are pretty good people from what I understand. I never met them. Yeah, look, I, this isn't knocking anybody. It's just reporting the facts, you know. Dylan Carmouche, who got a little attention because he's had high strikeout numbers down at Tulane, he's pitching to an ERA of 4.6. Rokos gave up, I think, six runs in about an inning of work against Kentucky this weekend. His ERA is 11. Xavier Lovett, who you hate to see, his ERA is – you hate to see him get away. And his ERA, though, is over 16. So it's not like we let a Landon Sims walk out. We're not missing an elite performance right now. What we've got is we're just shorthanded, and we got to have some guys just do a little better. Do we miss those guys on the front end? Now, now that's a fair question. I suppose time will only tell. Hey, Jordan, as always, hey, this weekend, before we get away from here, when we started this show, we started talking about the SEC and where we were. Okay, here's where you are right now in the SEC. In the SEC West, Arkansas is 5-1, and one, and then you've got four teams at 3-3, three and three, Auburn, LSU, us, Texas A&M. And then Alabama and Ole Miss are two and four in the league play after two weekends. Over on the East, Tennessee is six and zero. Oh, Vandy is four and two. Tennessee, by the way, has won fifteen games in a row now. Florida's three and three. Georgia three and three. Kentucky, South Carolina, both two and four, and Missouri is one and five. So looking at the weekend, and we'll do this later in the week as well. A and M's at Bama. Mississippi State at Arkansas. Auburn's in Baton Rouge against LSU. Florida at Georgia, Ole Miss at Kentucky, South Carolina at Missouri, Tennessee is at Vanderbilt. So let all that simmer for you as we'll break that down for you later in the week. We'll have our regular Wednesday show with some interviews later in the week on our Out of Left Field show. We'll also have our Thursday deep dig to look at Mississippi State and Arkansas. And then back on Sunday for Sunday Coffee. So a busy week, four shows per week during the baseball season. Charlie, hey, enjoyed it. Yeah, back in a couple of days. Thanks. So for Farm Bureau, Heartland Catfish, Country Pleasing Sausage, and our friends at Bank First, for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. You've been listening to the Monday Roundup thing. Review. Wish. Thanks. Appreciate it.